Thanks, thanks, Daniel. Oh, it's amazing to be with you and a privilege. And yeah, just um, nice to have a break from normal Sunday afternoon life. So yeah, as um, Daniel said, my name's Zoe and I come from Bristol and live in a village kind of outside of Bristol, actually, kind of in the a more rural area. Um, and I live there with Matt, my husband, and four children who range from age eight to 18. And um, yeah, so that's, that makes life fun and busy and stressful. Um, but we will come again another time because I'd love to come along and um, bring them along as well um, so they can meet you. Um, but I have got friends here. So there's Deborah and Nick and Grace and Joe, which is so random. So <laughs> we're both like haven't been to this church before, but he's in from Cardiff. But uh, Joe and I served on children's team, so I was children's minister for seven years at Woodlands Church, which is the church we're part of, and Joe was very popular because he was lots of fun, did loads of games, and was just brilliant and young. So he brought the youngness, whereas I brought the kind of, we're going to teach them about God and the Bible, and no, it was good. It was a good combo. So um, it's really... It's interesting to be coming and talking to you about two um, chapters in Luke. So I understand that you've been going through Luke and thinking about God's heart for justice. And we're thinking today about God's heart for the lost um, and focusing on chapters 15 and 16, um, which um, having been a children's minister and grown up in a Christian family, I've known these stories of the parable of the lost sheep, um, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son. Um, and then in 16, we've got the, the shrewd manager and we've got the rich man and Lazarus. And we're not going to focus so much on those chapters because there's so much in there. And But yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit. But even though they are really well-known um, yeah, passages, they are... Um, there's always new things that God is revealing. And there were a few couple of things that really struck me listening to um, reading this again. And yeah, I just would love to just be here to really just encourage you all this evening. Um, I hope that it's an encouragement to you as it has been to me. So um, yeah, before we do that, we're thinking about things that have been lost. So I thought maybe we could just chat to, I keep doing that, I need to keep it far away, don't I? Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, so if you could just turn to the person next to you or in a pair or in a three and just talk about something you've lost or a time when you've been lost. So you've just got a couple of minutes to do that. I'm not giving you loads of time, sorry. Um, I did lose my, I, don't, I can't remember how old he was at the time. I think he was about nine. I lost my nine-year-old, um, Seth. Um, at a, uh, we don't do Christian festivals usually as a family for one reason or another, but we went to Big Church Day Out and it was amazing. <laughs> and it really kind of like, um, but I, it wasn't amazing because I lost my child twice. And it was the worst feeling ever. Like the, the second time I had to just grab one of those kind of official people with the walkie talkies and they were like, can you describe your son? And I just had this like sick feeling. <laughs> Just, I'm just I'm describing my son who I've lost and it just, oh, it was awful. You feel guilty, you feel sweating and it was horrible. Um, and then he just wandered up and he'd just taken himself off. But it's just that classic thing of 
just didn't tell anybody where he was going. So anyway, but we found him and he's great and he's 13 and he's still in my sights, so that's good. Um, so yeah, so as I was saying, we're just going to focus mainly on chapter 15 and to help me um, mainly, um, I've kind of structured it into three R's and it might sound a bit political, um, but it, it helps me um, <laughs> to kind of think about what we're thinking about, but also hopefully something for you to take away. My three R's are remain, run, and relationship. So already there's a bit of contradiction in there, but we'll get to that. So first of all, um, I just wanted to withdraw us to like the very first part of chapter 15. So we've got the parable of the lost son, and I think probably this is, for me, one of the things that struck me the most when I was reading this again. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, I just like this picture that the tax collectors and sinners are gathering around Jesus. They're not trying to kind of see Jesus from afar. They're actually gathering around. They want to hear what he's got to say. They want to be close up, even though they are sinners and Pharisees. And no, not <laughs> sinners and tax collectors. Um, and they're not perfect, far from it. Um, they're not learned or scholarly and um, as we see, as we hear, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners. But what an encouragement for us. What I was struck by was um, when we consider God's heart for the lost, that's each one of us. Um, we're all, we all do things that get in the way of us and God. We all sin. We are those people that um, go our own way and do things to separate us from God. Um, we lose our sense of direction. And, um, yeah, I was thinking back, like, of time when I was lost was at probably um, when I was at university, and I kind of grew up in a Christian family and um, went along to Sunday school, liked to please everybody, was a bit of a people pleaser. Um, and then I got to university, and I was a bit like, ah, is this, is this my faith or is this my mum and dad's faith? You know, who am I? I'm not sure it, this is legitimate and authentic for me. And um, I got into my second year of uni and having been kind of far away from God and God just drew me back. Um, I joined this thing called NAVS, which is called Navigators. And it's all about looking at the Bible and being accountable. And this lovely girl called Indy would come round mm. my house. Like sometimes I'd forget and I'd have the biggest hangover ever. And I'd open the door and I'd be like, oh, but she was, she kept, she got me in, she got me in check and we would learn verses together. We'd learn the word together. And through that, like God drew me back. But yeah, so what I wanted to just say before we kind of think about God's heart for the lost is that it's each of us that like the lost is not this kind of separate entity. It's not kind of us and them. Like we all lose our way. We all need God to draw us back. We all need to stay close. And so that word remain for me is about kind of like thinking about those tax, tax collectors and the sinners that were gathered around Jesus. They stayed close. They wanted to stick with Jesus. 
And that's what God wants for us. So how is this even possible, you ask, because it's not easy <laughs> to remain close up to God. And um, there are just a few things that really struck me through this. So first of all, because we are his. So before the, the lost coin gets lost, before the sun goes off on his own, and before the sheep gets lost, they already belong. You know, they already belong. They already belong to the, the father and the shepherd and the woman. And for us, I just feel like there, in these parables, there is a strong sense of belonging. We are chosen and treasured like that precious coin. It says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, we are a chosen people, God's special possession. Secondly, we can remain because of God's love. Each parable tells the story of unchanging love, a sense of belonging that doesn't alter with circumstances. So the shepherd and the woman and the father, they don't forget, they don't dismiss what they've lost, they don't let go of it or them. They go to great lengths to find. Even the father sees his son from a long way off which suggests that he was looking out. He was hoping that his son was going to come back. He wasn't busy. He saw him. We are never not his. And his love for us is unchanging. I just find this really, really encouraging. And um, a verse that I love in Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 6, says this, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot sweep it away. And I feel like in these parables, they talk of this love that is steadfast and passionate and unquenchable. And God's love in these parables what Jesus is talking about is a, is a love that is active okay so okay we are loved but it is it's at work as well in our lives the shepherd actively searches the woman puts a lamp on and sweeps and searches so carefully until she finds her precious coin the father runs to his son he hugs him he puts a robe on him sandals a ring this is an active love and lastly, how can we remain because of Jesus? The parables tell the story of God, the finder and keeper, but this is only made possible through Jesus. Jesus says in John 15, 13, no greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Through Jesus's resurrection and death and resurrection, he made a way for us to remain with God and nothing can separate us from that love and Jesus says in John 15 verse 5 I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit we are to remain in, in Jesus so this is an amazing truth and um, we could just leave it there and just be like thank you God that you are for us and you love us and we belong to you but we have a responsibility to share this with others. And that's something that's kind of, God has been kind of gently, but kind of firmly putting on my heart over probably the last few years in terms of kind of 
seeing, reaching out to community and making connections and going, God, like, how do we show who you are to other people? And I just feel a kind of sense of responsibility about that. So the second thing is, so we've had remain, so we remain in Jesus. And then this is where the contradiction is, because we remain in Jesus, but we run. (laughs) We run at the same time, and we run from a place of knowing who we are in God. The father in the parable of the lost son, he runs out to his son. He doesn't wait for him to arrive and grovel at his feet and kind of hear the apology and then go, okay, you know, his love and his passionate grace ran to his son. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to go to the people, our friends and the people that we know who don't know Jesus yet. And we run because Jesus tells us to. He says at the end of Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, the run, the run word, uh, yeah, I could have said walk, I could have said step, I could have said be, but the kind of like, the idea of running doesn't mean that we all have to be really super fit, um, but it's helpful because in it, there is a bit of a sense of an urgency Like when I lost Seth, I ran to that, um, you know, one of the stewards, stewards, that's the word. And um, yeah, I I wasn't going to hang around. There was a sense of urgency. And if you read on to chapter 16, that unpacks that a bit more, this idea of kind of like there's an urgency actually for each one of us to kind of use the resources God has given us. We had the rich man's manager who kind of wasted his possessions and, okay, he was shrewd, but the point was that Jesus was like, if I can trust you with a little, I can trust you with more. Um, and then the rich man and Lazarus, he had so much wealth and he, there was poverty on his doorstep and he ignored that and he used none of that riches to bless that person who was poor. There is an urgency to look around us and think how we can use our resources and what God has given us. And the, the next thing, um, and I've brought a little prop for this one, is we run with what we have. Now, um, my friend Deborah, who's just sitting down here, ran 46 miles last Sun Saturday, um, all round Bristol, and, and then some, <laughs> um, and has the sore feet to show for it. But I asked her to bring along her rucksack, which she took with her on her 46-mile run. And um, it's quite lightweight, but it's kind of like that idea of kind of like thinking about what we take when we run to people. And um, yeah, unlike the rich man's manager who wasted his possessions and then got fired, or the rich man who didn't respond to poverty, We are to be good stewards with what we have been given. Now, that might be material um, wealth. It might be gifts that God has given us, the things that God has given us. It's not always kind of about money. It could be about time. Um, It could be about the things that you're skilled in. Um, So, yeah, so that's something to be thinking about for you, like thinking about what are the things that God has given you, uniquely you, that make you uniquely you. And going back to chapter 15, so obviously the older brother 
when um, the son returns, who has done everything possibly wrong, um, of course, he's a bit resentful about that. And he's just a bit like, well, why am I coming in to celebrate? Like, I've, I've done everything the right way. And quite graciously, but kind of also poignantly, the father says to him, um, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. And I, it, it just really resonates for me. It's a really powerful statement. Um, we already know that God is always with us. We, we can always be with God and everything I have is yours. God gives us everything that we need. So let's not take that for granted like the older brother did. And we think about what we have access to. And lastly, when we think about running, we run and remain at the same time. We go remaining in Jesus from this place of security. Remain in me. And then after he commissions his disciples, he promises, I will be with you always. And what an amazing promise. He doesn't just send out us. He doesn't just go, go, go to the ends of the earth. He's like, but I am with you. If we have God on our side, it's something to hold fast to. We need to. We need to. Otherwise, we won't get very far if we don't rely on God. Um, because it is hard work. Does anyone put your hand up if you run? Some of us run. Like, you might run, like, for years. Like, I, I, I like running, but it never gets easier. Like, you can be running for years and years. I've done half marathons in my time, but it can still just be difficult, but it's also... But yes, um, we run from this place of security. Um, yeah. And so lastly, the last R is relationship. Um, this is probably my favorite one. Um, how do we run God's love to others? It's through relationship and connection. And um, I would just encourage you all um, and myself, like, if it's not there, let's build it. Let's kind of think about the people that we know and we start praying. That's where you start. Because you might be like, well, where do I start? Like, well, what do I need to do? We start praying and we ask God to show us the people and the ways that he wants to use us. We start by praying for the people in our lives who are important and don't know Jesus. And we ask for opportunities to talk to them. And as you pray, God reveals his heart for them. I, um, yeah, I was, I was praying. I started a, a discussion group a couple of years ago, just before lockdown, the first lockdown. And um, God, I was just running, actually, and God just kind of like gave me a real sense of how important these people in this discussion group were to him. And it was kind of like, it was really strong and it was just kind of like he was holding them in his hand and he was like, Zoe, you need to realize how precious these people are to me. And that was all I kind of needed to kind of go, okay, I'm gonna do this discussion group and it, it's going to be okay. Um, just another moment just to stop and chat with the same people that you were talking to before. But I want you just to think of, um, maybe share maybe with the person next to you, you know, think of one person you know who doesn't know about Jesus, doesn't know about this unrequited love and, not unrequited love, 
<laughs> gracious love. Um, yeah, and what truth about Jesus would you like to share with this person? So one person you know who doesn't know about Jesus yet, and what would you like to share? What would be the one truth about Jesus you'd love them to know? So just a couple of minutes to be thinking about that. Do carry on having these conversations and, um, yeah, be talking to God and being open to where he's leading you. Um, it's really exciting. Um, so we pray and we ask God and we keep him in the conversation and then we step out. At some point when you're going to run... <laughs> You have to actually put your trainers on and step out of your house or wherever you're going from. Um, and that can be scary. Um, but we can take small steps. And God really showed me this over lockdown, that we, we don't have to do very much because actually he takes the big steps. And he is already at work, like we've looked at, where God is actively, where the the, the shepherd and the woman and the father, they're at work, they're looking for, um, God is already at work in the lives of people around us. And it's his power at work, not ours. And God has given us the Holy Spirit, which is not a spirit of timidity, but power, love and discipline. And so we can rely on that and we can trust in God's power. So an example of this was um, when I um, stepped down from being children's minister, just in terms of using what you have, it gave me for the first time in a long time this space and a bit of time and a bit of time to be present, maybe more present to my children, um, having been really kind of um, involved with church for a while and but also just time in the day. And I was kind of like, right, what am I gonna do? And I'd remembered somebody mentioned how they just started a discussion group, like coffee and cake, round the dining table, chatting about life. And I was just like, right, what did you do? What did you use? And it, there was this book called Essence that I read. Um, and then I kind of rewrote it, just tweaked it maybe to start off with, <laughs> tried it out, but then tried to make it more accessible for everybody with faith or no faith. And um, my friend and I invited 15 friends who live in the town village where we live and eight came, eight turned up and what came out of that was um, a discussion, a six-week discussion group where we talked about identity, journeys, wholeness, knowing God, looking forward, responsibility, different themes. Um, and then we went into lockdown. So actually, we carried on meeting on Zoom. We talked about mental health, strategies for kind of helping each other. Then we were allowed out, so we started going for walks. Um, and that, those rela relationships and connections carried on. Um, and yeah, and then we, we, we don't meet now formally, but what came out was another group that I started with four year four mums, and we meet like once a month now, and it's just amazing to just kind of like build community, like wherever you are, whether that's in your workplace or your place of influence or on the school run, or but just making those connections, like bringing together like eight people who were then sharing their stories of life and their hurts and their disappointments and 
there was lots of tears. Um, <laughs> but people were being honest and just really appreciating that chance to share and share their story and be heard. It's really surprising how little people have that in their lives. And all I had to do was make nice coffee, bake some brownies, and sit and listen and just facilitate that space. And what came out of that was um, a soul course called Soul. Um, and Woody's kind of put some creative flair to it. And, but it's a kind of usable resource that anyone can use. And I've got it as a PDF. You can use it on a device or you can use it in a paper copy like me because I'm old school like that. Um, but where that started off was not easy. So it did take a step um, in terms of building those relationships. And I sat there on the very first morning, uh, having invited everybody, and um, nobody turned up at 10.30, and I was a bit like, oh, I was like, God, this is okay. If no one comes, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and then slowly, gradually, people came in, and because they didn't know what to expect, and they were kind of like, oh, they knew I was a Christian. Was it going to be too churchy? And But actually... Within one week, everyone had built trust up and was able to just be themselves. And it was really exciting. And God really worked. Um, one friend like came back to faith, um, like the proper prodigal kind of son analogy. One friend went on to do an alpha course and became a Christian. And it was just really exciting to see how God can use us and use what he's given us. So lastly... Um, and this links to all of this. In terms of building relationship, wherever you are, bring yourself. So we have, we have our gifts and we have, our, kind of, we have God's power with us, equipping us. But we also have who God made us to be, each one of us, authentically different. And that's the most authentic thing we can do. Susan Carson, who I was listening to a podcast a couple of years ago and she, I think she's written something called Living and Leading from Rootedness, but um, I might be misquoting, but she did actually say this on a podcast. She said, it's not about showing up with answers. It's about holding space for people and seeing them encounter the Spirit of God. So I, I'm really encouraged by those things, and I really hope you are. So there's a call for us to remain, remain in God because we belong and we are loved by him. There's a call for each one of us to run, like go, go to our friends, go to our communities, go to those places of need with God's love. Let's run God's love. Let's pray God's love into those different places that need it, whether that's worldwide at the moment or right bang slap with our neighbors and friends on our doorstep. And finally, let's build relationship out of our relationship with God, let's build connection and relationships and allow other people to kind of find faith and meet with Jesus and encounter him.